I'm Dr. Rob Whitfield, the board certified plastic surgeon specializing in explant surgery. Breast implant illness is a topic that is not often talked enough about, especially in the medical community, but is something that affects many women. In this podcast, I'll be discussing the latest research, treatment options, and personal stories of women who have undergone explant surgery in an effort to heal breast implant illness. In this podcast, we'll explore the symptoms of breast implant illness and delve into the latest surgical techniques for explantation and the recovery process. Whether you are currently experiencing breast implant illness or are considering explant surgery, this podcast is a valuable resource for anyone looking to take control of their health and wellness. So let's dive in. It's Dr. Whitfield. Thanks for joining me again on my breast implant illness podcast. Today, we're going to discuss, is there a link between breast implants and cancer? So we need to differentiate. So is there a link between breast implants and breast cancer causing or hiding or delaying the the diagnosis of breast cancer. This has been studied uh, for long periods of time. In fact, when it's a small breast, uh, thinner tissues, and you have an implant in a retropectoral position, or for that matter, in a submammary position, you will potentially feel a cancer sooner because the actual implant is pressing the tissues out. And so it'll be easier on self-examination. We've seen that time and time again. There are different cancers that are associated with breast implants, associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. So this lymphoma develops as we look at it now. And these textured implants have a very rough surface that was meant to help hold the implant in place. But it is supremely irritating to the tissues. And this causes a T-cell response, which can ultimately lead to this lymphoma. And so that is one aspect of it. So lymphomas, and this has been looked at and published in different uh, journals going back to 2008. There's a study out of the Netherlands where patients had dextrous implants and development of lymphoma. And then fast forward in the United States, more and more diagnoses are made of anaplastic large cell lymphoma each year. And there are some non-ALCL lymphomas. I have one. It was a B-cell lymphoma in a patient with a textured. And then there is a new entity called breast implant-associated squamous cell carcinoma. Um, A rare tumor that doesn't. Typically, squamous cell carcinomas are found externally in what's called a marginal ulcer or a burn scar that's chronically irritated that then over time develops this, uh, but not internally. So that's an unusual finding to the root causes of why this is really happening. You know, we go back to what I say fundamentally causes breast implant illness, which is inflammation. And is it this inflammation that then directly is correlated to the development of these other cancers associated with breast implants? And, you know, that aggravation or irritation and or inflammation in that pocket certainly seems to be the pathway that leads to the ALCL and these other lymphomas. And I don't understand, as I mentioned, how the squamous cell carcinoma, which is an epithelial cancer, happens, but that will be worked on and hopefully we'll have answers to that soon. The texturing is a problem. That's one aspect that we can help. We can limit the number of texture devices being used. And in Europe, they're off the market. In many places around the world, they're off the market. You can get texture devices in the United States uh, at this point. So, in fact, the most routine, traditional way to perform breast augmentation around the world was a smooth, round implant. Are you on a journey to healing and wellness, but feeling overwhelmed and unsure of where to turn? Look no further than Dr. Rob's Solutions. At Dr. Rob's Solutions, we understand the unique challenges that come with breast implant illness, which is why we offer a wide range of the highest-grade supplements, medical-grade skincare, and lab testing, and HARP options to aid in your journey to recovery. 
Our supplements are specially formulated to support detoxification and aid in the healing process, while our medical-grade skincare products are designed to nourish and protect the skin. We also offer a comprehensive lab testing to help identify any underlying health issues that may be contributing to your symptoms. And for those who are ready for explant surgery, we offer HARP options as well. Don't let the uncertainty and confusion of breast implant illness hold you back any longer. Trust the experts at Dr. Rob Solutions to provide you with the resources and support you need to take control of your health and wellness. Visit our website today to learn more and to order your products. Take the first step towards healing and wellness with Dr. Rob Solutions at drrobsolutions.myshopify.com. The filler, saline, or silicone was not the factor. It depends on basically where you were, but the highest used device around the world was a, a smooth round device, had the least amount of complications uh, relative to capture contracture and malposition in studies. To these devices, I would, given the data now, look at a smooth round device, not a texture device. Certainly, we we'll look for folks that have pre-existing conditions, whether they're autoimmune disorders like lupus, RA, Sjogren, celiac disease, lichens, uh, sclerosis, anything that would be a tip-off that their immune system would be primed to be aggravated by something foreign. If someone had a pre-existing cancer condition, now you'd look at that, but these breast cancers, if that was the case, are different than these lymphomas. I haven't seen and we haven't recorded cases of this being early, and typically they're associated with a serum after a period of time, we'll say plus five years, but they can happen after they've been removed. They can happen earlier. They can happen without a seroma, which, you know, my experience with the lymphoma that I ultimately found into care of successfully for my patient. And so that brings us to how do we safely, you know, evaluate and monitor these patients? As part of my oncology practice and cosmetic practice, when I began practicing in 05, was simply to have a schedule of follow-up. And I was always taught, whether it see them at a week, a month, three months, six months, a year, there was always a routine follow-up. And then after that first year, I saw my patients annually. And that was to make sure that whether they were an oncologic patient after reconstruction of breast cancer, or they were a cosmetic patient that I had a uh, idea of what was going on with them over time. And then basically at my eight to 10 year mark, we were discussing the exchange of the device because many of those devices have a rupture rate that increases year over year over year. And certainly in 2005, that was the case. Now devices have more longevity that are being produced now, but it was a half percent per year increase in rupture rate past eight years. So I was always looking to help see on physical exam whether there are problems, um, if we needed testing, whether it was a ultrasound, whatever was necessary, we would use that to better uh, characterize both the health of the patient and device uh, from a structural standpoint. We want to know it's intact, obviously. The concern for all these different disease processes now as it relates to cancer is how are you recommending to your clients what is the you know best situation given the current status going through the informed consent process and providing you know information and context around all these as it's an evolving process um that's a challenge for providers and clients who want to have these procedures done whether it's for oncologic reconstruction or whether it's for cosmetic enhancement there needs to be a clear discussion and review of their health history their family health history potential correlations between the development of these cancers or breast cancer for that matter, 
There's further research that needs to be done. Recently, a paper was published in 2019 about just genetic associations with ALCL, where there are different genetic uh, mutations um, in different pathways that predispose you uh, ALCL. And so as we get further along, you'll, you'll hear me go back to all of the time. I use functional genetics, and we should leverage genetics whenever possible to provide individualized plans for our patients. And I hope that in the future, that is the way we'll be able to address and evaluate potential risks for these cancers developing in patients and and put everybody in the best possible position for success. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you found the information and stories shared on this podcast helpful and informative. Remember, taking control of your health and wellness is key to recovery from breast implant illness. If you're looking for additional resources and support, be sure to visit our online store, Dr. Rob's Solutions, at drrobsolutions.myshopify.com. You'll find a wide range of wellness products and supplements to support your journey to recovery. From specially formulated detox supplements to personalized skincare products, we have everything you need to aid your recovery. Visit Dr. Rob's Solutions today at drrobssolutions.myshopify.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with another episode soon. Remember, you're not alone in this journey, and together we can overcome breast implant illness. Take care.